Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about the progestogen-only implant. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash implant or in the contraception section of the Zero to Finals Obstetrics and Gynecology book. So let's get straight into it. The progestogen-only implant is a small, flexible plastic rod about 4 centimeters long that's placed in the upper arm beneath the skin and above the subcutaneous tissue. It slowly releases progestogen into the systemic circulation. The implant lasts for three years before it needs replacing. The progestogen-only implant is more than 99% effective with perfect and typical use. Once it's in place, there's no room for user error. It will keep working. It does need to be replaced every three years to remain effective. There are very few contraindications and risks to having the implant. The only UK MEC4 criteria for the implant is active breast cancer. Next planon is the implant used in the UK. It contains 68 milligrams of etonorgestrel. It's licensed for use between the ages of 18 and 40 years. Let's talk about the mechanism of action. The progestogen-only implant works by inhibiting ovulation, thickening the cervical mucus and altering the endometrium to make it less accepting of implantation. Next let's talk about inserting the implant and removing the implant. Inserting the implant on day 1-5 to of the menstrual cycle provides immediate protection. Insertion after day 5 of the menstrual cycle requires 7 days of extra contraception, meaning condoms, similar to the injection. You need specific qualifications to be able to insert the implant. It's inserted one third of the way up the upper arm from the elbow, on the medial side. Local anaesthetic, usually lidocaine, is used prior to inserting the implant to help with the pain. A specifically designed device is used to insert the implant horizontally, beneath the skin and above the subcutaneous fat. The implant should be palpable immediately after it's inserted. If you press on one side of the implant, the other end should pop upwards against the skin. You also need specific qualifications to be able to remove the implant. Lidocaine is again used as a local anaesthetic. The device needs to be located and a small incision is made in the skin at one end of the device. It can then be removed using pressure on the other end of the device to squeeze it through the hole in the skin or by using forceps. Contraception is required immediately after the device has been removed, but not immediately before. Next let's talk about the benefits. The benefits are effective and reliable contraception, it can improve dysmenorrhea, which is painful menstruation, it can make periods lighter or stop periods altogether, There's no need to remember to take pills, just remember to change the device every three years. It does not cause weight gain, unlike the depot injection. There's no effect on bone mineral density, unlike the depot injection. There's no increased risk of thrombosis, unlike the combined pill. And there's no restrictions for use in obese patients, 
unlike the combined pill. So overall, it's a very safe and effective way of providing long-term contraception. Next, let's talk about the drawbacks. Several factors may limit the appeal of having the implant. It requires a minor operation with a local anaesthetic to insert it and to remove it. It can lead to worsening of acne. There's no protection against sexually transmitted infections. It can cause problematic bleeding. Implants can be bent or fractured. And implants can become impalpable, meaning you can't feel them under the skin, or deeply implanted, leading to investigations and needing additional management. Rarely the implant becomes impalpable or deeply implanted. Women are advised to palpate the implant occasionally and if it becomes impalpable, meaning they can't feel it anymore, extra contraception is required until it's located. An ultrasound scan or an x-ray may be required to locate it when it can't be felt. If it's in a difficult position, they may require referral to a specialist removal centre. The manufacturer of Nexplanon adds barium sulfate to make the implant radio-opaque so that it can be seen on x-rays. In very rare cases, there are reports of devices entering blood vessels and migrating through the body, including to the lungs. If the implant cannot be located even after an ultrasound scan, a chest x-ray may be considered to identify an implant in a pulmonary artery. Finally, let's talk about the bleeding pattern. The FSRH guideline on the implant from 2014 state approximately one-third will have infrequent bleeding, one-quarter will have frequent or prolonged bleeding, one-fifth will have no bleeding or amenorrhea, and the remainder will have normal regular bleeds. Problematic bleeding is managed similarly to the progestogen-only injection. The FSRH guidelines suggest the combined oral contraceptive pill can be used in addition to the implant for three months when problematic bleeding occurs, and this is to help settle the bleeding. However, it's important to exclude contraindications to the combined pill before using it this way. So thanks for listening to this episode on the progestogen-only implant. As always, a big thank you to Harry for perfectly editing the podcast. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about coils.